0: Fire? <laughs> no. Just trying to open a package of socks. Come on in. It's sleep or don't. Oh, I am ready for a sleep vacation. I hope you're ready too. It's sleep or don't, and it's you and me. This is the pre-sleep podcast. Sleep or don't means, look, do everything right. Get your routine down. Get into bed. Play hard to get with sleep. That means you just get in there and look good. Act content. You don't need anybody. You don't need a man. You don't need a woman. Figuratively speaking. In other words, you don't need sleep because you're so content to just sit there, lie there in your bed and just enjoy it. And sleep will just be like, "Whew! Now that is a snack." I've got to go and give that person a sleep hug. I don't know. I don't know. I got lost in the metaphor. Anyway, that's what you're doing tonight. Dim the lights, dim them as early as possible. Two hours before you're asleep, lights should start dimming, minimum, if at all possible. An hour before you get into bed, at least. Try not to have bright lights. They say this over and over. Don't look at your phone, get a book. You can find a book, five pages into a book. Why aren't you reading a book? Why why do we not read books in bed anymore? Well, we have too many options. But also, you're anxious. We live in an anxious world. You know what's making me anxious today? traffic i'm in the car 80 minutes a day at least and there are days when i just can't take it anymore and i just think i'm just gonna sleep in my car in the parking lot at work at least then i won't have to deal with traffic i just some nights i get so anxious Thing number two, I don't know why I watched my son play basketball tonight. And it's a developmental age of basketball. I guess everything short of the NBA is developmental. And watching those kids play, it just makes me so anxious. It doesn't matter if we win or lose. My son does great. He's learning great. There are things that he can improve, of course. He doesn't play in the NBA. But it just makes me so anxious. So there's just a, I think it's just compounding. Work, my role has changed yet again, which I like. But, you know, there's a learning curve and an adjustment period, and it means extra work. Traffic home, that basketball game where there were at least 5,000 fouls. And I'm just going to write down everything is making me anxious. And I'm going to fold this up. And I'm going to put it under the stool at the bar. Downstairs And then I'm going to go upstairs And I'm going to get in my bed And I'm going to be there for the night And the things that are making me anxious Will be trapped under that stool I let go of them I want to start with a story Tonight I think this story is funny. I was at a grower meeting. So a bunch of people who farm in Northern Iowa and Southern Minnesota, they went to this grower meeting put on by somebody who sells them things. And the person who sells them those things, sells the thing that we sell and so as it often happens I was invited out to talk to this gentleman's customers and so they're all Iowa and and Minnesota farmers and if you know the region you know there's a lot of Norwegian descent there and The average age of the American farmer is pushing 60. (sighs) And they're a stoic bunch. I'm used to this. I know this. But we had a lunch and then there were going to be a bunch of people talking about different products. So this dealer... Sells several different, several different lines of products, one of which is ours. And he invited us over there. We had lunch, and then we were going to take turns talking. He announced, here's the lunch. Everybody line up. This is good food. Everybody, don't skip the soup. This, this soup comes from the restaurant that the hotel is connected to. And it's famous for its wild rice soup. So he told me that, he told all of us that at noon that day. The night before, we ate at the restaurant and he ordered the wild rice soup. And he said, you guys, this is amazing. This is what they're known for. And so most of us at the table ordered the soup and it, you know what it was delicious wild rice soup so everyone dishes up and we go in to the next the, the room next door where the talks are going to be held and everybody's sitting at tables chatting away or eating quietly as a lot of the the uh, growers were doing and i was sitting at my table talking to my people and we were just having a nice chat and i looked over at one of the guys and he, I said, where'd you get that brownie? And he said, oh, yeah, they're over there. He's, they're delicious. Go get your brownie. Hurry before they're gone. So I hopped up. And this is, you know, five or ten minutes into the meal. I hopped up and I ran out. I walked briskly out to where the food was. And as I'm walking out there, there's this tall, definitely Norwegian descent farmer grower, dishing his food up and he was standing in front of the soup and so as i'm walking up to this table with all the food he says hey do you know what kind of soup this is and he was definitely talking to the woman who was sitting at a table she was kind of the welcome committee so stragglers you know whatever she was making sure they were welcomed and their name was written down and given instructions. She didn't know anything about the soup. And I was like, how can that be? (laughs) You're from here. Apparently this soup is famous. He announced that it was wild rice soup. And also I get the impression that you were the one... That scheduled the meal because you seem to know everything else else about everything going on. You know, that that thought went through my brain in half a half a millisecond. You know how you just kind of have that, wait, well well, 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 uh and I said it's wild rice soup. It's supposed to be delicious. And the farmer's still looking down at the soup, inspecting it. No acknowledgement that I had said anything. And (laughs) I wasn't surprised. But it also was like, dude, you're not even going to acknowledge me. So I followed it up with actually, it is delicious. I've tasted it, it's really good. No acknowledgement. All all of this time, which is just seconds that I'm saying this to him, I've got my eyes on this brownie, but I'm trying to figure out what am I going to put the brownie on? I don't really want to carry it back in my hand. There are giant plates for the entire meal. There are no napkins other than cloth napkins that the silverware is wrapped in, and it seemed weird to unwrap that. And then I realized, well, these soup bowls are small and paper. They're disposable. I'll put the brownie in that. So I took the tongs. I put the brownie in the bowl. And I said, I guess I'll have brownie soup. And I'm looking at him. I've been looking at him the whole time and talking to him the whole time. And he does not acknowledge me. Nothing. Nothing stone-faced i i don't know i was just like really you're not going to say anything to me come on he said nothing and that is par for the course with norwegian minnesotan growers <laughs> ah well you got everything done, you should be working on sleep. This podcast is for people who need a good sleep routine. I'm going to remind you of the instructions. Get everything ready. Don't get in and out of bed. Don't sit down and scroll on your phone. Get everything ready. Get into bed once. Be completely ready. That way if sleep finds you, you'll be ready. You never know when sleep is going to find you. It's sneaky sometimes. It also, if you're one of those chronic, anxious, late to sleep sleepers, it gives you the proper amount of time without too much stimulus. Getting out of bed is stimulus. Lights, bright lights are stimulus realizing that you have to brush your teeth and floss because it's a good habit, that's stimulus. Get into the bed. Remember to write down what makes you anxious, sad, or unhappy. Once you've done all that and you're in bed, hopefully by now we're 12 minutes in, we can just chill. What are you wearing? You know what I like to wear to bed? Just a pair of shorts and a t-shirt. Is that too intimate? (laughs) I don't think so. I'm told silk is awesome. I'm not too proud or too insecure to try out some silk. I think I'm going to try some silk pajamas. You know what let's agree to call them pajamas if you call them pajamas there's a certain level of luxury i hope you're wearing something comfortable are you in that bed you feeling those cold sheets they starting to warm up to the right temperature head on the pillow swish those legs Maybe stretch your toes out a little bit. Maybe reach down and give one of your feet some love. Just rub it a little bit. It feels great. It's amazing. Every time I rub my own feet, I'm like, I'm not sad I'm doing this. Sure, it'd be great if someone was doing this for free or even for money. You know, a nice good foot rub, but I'm not sad I'm doing it on my own feet. You work hard on your feet, you're on your feet a lot and they get neglected a lot. So it's a good thing to do. You should be settling into the vacation now. This is an, this is a 10, seven to 10 hour vacation you've decided to put all your cares away and you can do that and the only thing stopping you is you now they may creep up you may be having an extra bad day but that's what i'm here for let's just hang out together i'm just chilling with you i have up on google because we're coming up on the super bowl allegiance stadium look i know not everyone is a super bowl fan. Not everyone is a football fan. And that's fine. Let's not talk about the Super Bowl. Let's talk about this Allegiant Stadium. I've never been to it. I've driven past it. I live close enough. I drive through Vegas often enough. I end up at conferences in Las Vegas. I've walked past it. Allegiant Stadium. For Allegiant Stadium, Raiders owner Mark Davis retained the same architecture firm, Manica Architecture, that had designed the previously proposed Carson Stadium near Los Angeles. Davis retained much of the look from the Carson Stadium because he fell in love with the overall design of it. Allegiant Stadium is a 10-level domed stadium Featuring an ETFE roof, silver and black exterior with light-up strips installed by Yesco. (laughs) You know, Yesco is a privately owned manufacturer of electric signs based in Salt Lake City, founded by Thomas Young in 1920. And yes, if you spend any time in Salt Lake City, pretty sure you're going to subliminally see the message yesco everywhere you go the company provides design fabrication installation and maintenance of signs including billboards let's find out what an etfe roof is oh it's ethylene tetrafluoroethylene that's like That reminds me of (laughs) Simon Von Simon or something. It's a fluorine-based plastic. And it's designed to have high corrosion resistance and strength over a wide temperature range. Yeah, Vegas will do that. It's also known under the DuPont brand name Tefzel. Okay, look, if you're at a Super Bowl party and you don't love the Super Bowl, because bowl, you're going to get invited even if you don't. Somebody you know. Maybe they're even in it for the commercials. We're going to find something interesting about this stadium. It's a multi-purpose stadium located in Paradise, Nevada. So that's basically Las Vegas, but it's just outside of the boundary. Apparently, it's been around. Paradise has been around. Unincorporated town in in uh, Clark County, Nevada, been around since December eighth, nineteen fifty. Its population was one hundred ninety one thousand. It's twenty twenty census. The venue is located on about 62 acres of land west of Mandalay Bay. I would not have guessed 62 acres. Who fa- Raise your hand. I, I work in farming. And I look at acreage all the time. And I find it terribly, terribly difficult to estimate acreage. You can show me a a plot of land and I might guess it's ten acres and it's one and a half. You might show me a plot of land and I might guess it's a hundred acres and it's a thousand. But I digress. So as I scroll through here, I don't remember what I heard about this stadium, but it seems like there was something extreme about it. Maybe it was the most expensive stadium in America or NFL. Maybe it was the biggest. What I'm seeing here is it cost about $2 billion to build. 1.97. And of this 2 billion the land cost 78 million. And if you remember it was roughly 65 acres which means they paid a little over a million dollars an acre. Which I don't know sounds about right for Las Vegas, I know the, the areas where they can build casinos are pretty darn expensive. They list a bunch of things that have happened there. I, I don't know, Billy Joel played in concert there. My daughter went to, oh, what? What is her name? Blonde singer that used to be country. She somehow connected to the Super Bowl. Nobody remembers her name. I've yet yet to attend an event there. 2.15 billion was the total cost. Construction cost was 1.9 billion. I don't know what the rest was. Okay, let's, let's look at the Davis family owns the Raiders. Mark Davis has a stunning haircut. Look it up. Or don't. It's just kind of a, yeah, you better look it up if you don't know him. He's 68 years old. He was born in Brooklyn, New York, and he went to Cal State Chico. He's a businessman and sports franchise owner. He is the controlling owner and managing general partner of the Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas. I like to say that, Las Vegas. He also owns the Las Vegas A- Aces, Women's National Basketball Association. His father, Al, the, was the principal owner of the Raiders from 1972 until his death in 2011. Upon his father's death, Davis and his mother, Carol, inherited ownership of the Raiders, with Davis taking over as operating head of the franchise. As of February 2023, his estimated net worth was <laughs> $1.9 About the price of his, of his stadium. I wonder if there's any connection to that. Probably not. Um, okay, so... Davis was involved in the retail part of the Raiders' business where he helped develop their Raider image stores. He also spent time in the Raiders equipment department. So he's just been a part of the the family business. So where did where did Al Davis get his money? He was an American football coach and executive. He was the principal owner, Raiders, 39 years, 72 to 2011, rehashing that. Known for his motto, just win, baby. He was born in Brockton, Massachusetts. Skimming, skimming, skimming. He graduated from high school in 1947, went to Wittenberg College. He played some baseball in college. Then he went to Syracuse University. He tried out for a, a lot of teams. He was a bench warmer. For JV basketball? No, baseball. Eyes are getting heavy. Then he went to Hatwick College. Then he returned to Syracuse. He introduced himself as Davis from Syracuse when he was job hunting. They think it was likely intentionally to conflate with George Davis, star halfback for the school's football team. This guy, he he struggled here. He was a freshman football coach, maybe? Military service. He got a master's degree. Then he went to the army. Public relations with the army. Then he went to college coaching or skimming faster. Chargers assistant in 62. He, told, he talked to the Raiders owner about a head coaching job. hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, my guy. My eyes are getting too heavy. He was the youngest coach in the AFL, and he was the commissioner for the AFL and he was back with the Raiders. I mean, I don't know how much he paid for the Raiders in 1972, but he was just coaching football. They must have been a lot cheaper. How much did Al Davis pay for the Raiders in 1972? Let's search that up. okay autocomplete on Google oh my gosh Al Davis was part of a holding company that bought a 10% stake in the Raiders in 1966 for $18,500 so 10% stake that means it was valued at $185,000 which you know everything was different in those days there's, there's your, there, your interesting thing, and then it looks like he just, he slowly chipped away at it, until he owned the majority stake. But here is what's going to make you interesting, as you fade off to sleep. The Raiders worth, were worth a hundred and eighty-five thousand dollars in nineteen sixty-six. And honestly, I can't even keep my eyes open anymore. This was a good hang. Thanks for, uh, thanks for chilling with me. Remember, singing into some—it's the bed, not the sleep. If you do everything right, sleep will find you and just drag you quietly into dreamland where you'll vacation from your daytime life. There's flowers and bunnies and rainbows in those dreams. Go get them.